Coming up, a word of warning from Pastor Ray Bentley. May I say that many religious traditions, false religious traditions, hypocritical religious traditions would say it this way, let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and think you are amazingly awesome. (laughs) No, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Spread the news All of his people come and bow before the King Lift your voice Jesus is coming Join the song Sing along Let it ring Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha bringing the message of Christ soon return the whole gospel to the whole world. It's been said that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Some brag much and love little. Others love much and talk little. Today, Pastor Ray shows us how love is an action. It's a verb. It's a choice we make to pass along the love we've received to others. So Matthew chapter 23, let's uh, look at the first three verses here. Then Jesus spoke to the multitudes and to his disciples, saying, the scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. And therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do. But do not do according to their works, for they say and do not do. So I think this is very interesting. Later in this chapter, Jesus pronounces eight woes to those who are Pharisees, and he is warning them because since the fall of man, The world has always had false religious leaders pretending to represent God, but only representing themselves. False leaders were part of the rebellious scheme in the very beginning to build the Tower of Babel. They said, we'll unite the world, come under our heading, and they had their own religious ideas. Moses came into great conflict from religious sorcerers, those that were into all kinds of magic, and the dark arts of Egypt, and a pharaoh who happened to think he was God as a man. And then later the prophet Ezekiel warned of false prophets in Israel, Jewish false prophets. And he called them foolish prophets who follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. They talked about, oh, I saw this, I saw that, this is gonna happen, that's gonna happen. And he said, no, they're foolish. They follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. I want you to read this scripture out loud. Psalm 51, verse six. Let's read it out loud. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part, you will make me to know wisdom. What God is interested in is not your performance and you know, all of the outward acts of good deeds and so forth. What he is really interested in is your heart. Your Father in heaven, more than anything else, what does it mean to be a child of God and, and you know, to fulfill my life purpose? More than anything, he wants a personal relationship with you. And the name Pharisee means to separate. So they were, they were gonna be the best Jews. So they were separate from all the Gentiles because they looked down upon them, which God never intended for his people to look down upon them. God loves the whole world. The promise that God gave to Abraham, who started the whole thing. 4,000 years ago, Abraham 
who believed in God, through you I will bless all the nations of the earth. It was never meant to be only or exclusively Abraham and the physical descendants, but God always, through them, wanted to reach the whole world. But here are the Pharisees saying, no, we're better than the Gentiles. We're separate from all of them. And we're also better than because we really love God and we're the most holy and we spend 24 hours a day worshiping, praying, seeking God, and they did all of those wonderful things. The rest are publicans and sinners. But among the Pharisees were a few who sought true spiritual relationship. Not all of them were like that. Nicodemus. And I am so thankful for this Jewish Pharisee from 2,000 years ago who came to Jesus. He was one of the Pharisees who was actually, no, I, I do this because I want to be close to God and I want to know God and I want to, I want to be the most committed. So to him, that was being a Pharisee. He came to Jesus at night and he wanted to get into a conversation because Jesus taught as no man had ever taught before. He did miracles that no prophet in the entire history of Israel had ever done before. So he comes to him at night so that nobody could see and say, ah, I saw you went and talked to Jesus because they had conflict with Jesus. So he comes to him at night and he says, uh, Rabbi, teacher, uh, we know that you come from God because no one could do the wonderful miracles and works that you do unless he came from God. That was his awkward way of saying, I want to talk to you. Who are you? Where did you come from? What is it all about? And Jesus goes directly. I love this. He goes behind, you know, the walls of Nicodemus. We're not going to start here with a polite talk and eventually make our way to meaningful things. He went right to the heart of it, and he said, Nicodemus, you, this Pharisee who wants so much to be with God and holy and all the rest, you want to be the best Jew you can be, you must be born again. Nicodemus is like, what? Born? I've already been born once. How can I be born again? Jesus said again, that which is of the flesh is flesh. Being born once physically, okay, physical life. But you need to be born again in your spirit. And then he went on to say to Nicodemus, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe and trust in him should not perish but have everlasting life. To Nicodemus, the Pharisee, Jesus revealed the most beautiful truth in the entire gospel. We can be born again. Our spirits can be born again. We can come into the family of God and become his son or daughter for all time and eternity. Amen? So thank God for Nicodemus. So Jesus says to them in verse 2 again, so this, he said about the scribes and the Pharisees sitting in Moses' seat, therefore whatever they tell you to observe that observe and do, but do not do according to their works, for they say and do not do. In other words, Jesus says, you know, listen, if they teach you from Moses or they teach you from the Word, do it because it's in the Word. But don't do what they do because they are only speakers. They are not doers of the Word. It's also interesting, he says, the scribes and the Pharisees sit in the seat of Moses. The literal translation would be, the scribes and Pharisees have seated themselves in Moses' seat. There's nowhere in the entire Bible, the Old Testament, from Genesis to Malachi that says, I appoint the Pharisees to be the final arbiters of true Judaism. They appointed themselves. And may I say that many religious groups, leaders, 
Pastors, priests, leaders, or whatever have appointed themselves as some kind of spiritual authority. But no, I want you to know this. Here's what Jesus said. No man, only Jesus is our ultimate authority. Him alone do we call Lord. Him alone do we listen to. Him alone do we follow. Only his word do we absorb and we take. The authority is from God's word, not from a man. And therefore, I am telling you, yes, I am, you know, your pastor and I teach you whatever, but I am not the authority in your life. I don't want to rule your life. I don't want to reign in your life. I don't want to be some big anything in your life. You are accountable personally because you're, so you and I are brothers and sisters. We're family. I have my calling, you have your calling, one is not above the other, there's equality within the family of God. You are responsible between you and the Holy Spirit to follow what God has said in His Word. This is the only authority you have to follow the rest of your life. Can I hear an amen on that? Amen. That's the truth of it. Now I wish I could say that there are no hypocrites at Maranoth Chapel. Unfortunately, there are hypocrites in every single church. We're all still sinners. We all need to be forgiven. And let me ask you an honest question. How many of you would honestly say that at one time or another in your own life, you have actually been a hypocrite? True, right? All of us have been. When I was a pastor and, you know, in my younger days, you know, as I go out uh, beyond, you know, here at church and you meet people and so what do you do? And I try to, well, I'm a teacher. I'm, you know, I don't always go immediately to pastor because whenever I do, they go, oh, you know, they go, wow, was I cussing? What have, what have I been saying? They changed their language and all that stuff. And then you ask, so, you know, did you ever go to church back? Oh, yeah, yeah, I was raised Catholic. I went to uh, the Presbyterian church. I was a Baptist. I was this, I was that. And then, okay, so what happened? And they go, well, you know, the hypocrites. All the hypocrites in the church. If I've heard that once, I've heard that a thousand times. I don't go anymore because of all the hypocrites in the church. And I ever used to know kind of what to say. Finally, I came to the thing where I just said, well, hey, then come and join our church because one more won't make any difference. <laughs> My, and they, they kind of looked at me like, what? I go, look, we're, we're all hypocrites, right? Is there anybody that's perfect? We're all, we've all blown it. We've all said things we shouldn't have said, done things we shouldn't have done, been a knucklehead in one way or another. So here, let's go on to this. False religion is characterized by a lack of compassion. Look at me here in verse 4. It says, for they bind heavy burdens hard to bear and lay them on men's shoulders. Now, Jesus is talking about religious people, supposedly holy people, religious leaders. What do they do? They bind heavy burdens hard to bear and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers, but all their works they do to be seen by men. They're not doing it moved by their heart of love. They want people to see them and go, oh, look how holy and spiritual they are. They make their phylacteries broad and enlarge the borders of their garments, which in those days, I'm more Jewish than you, I'm more spiritual than you. They love the best places of the feast, the best seats in the synagogues, greetings in the marketplaces, and to be called by men, rabbi, which means great one. Rabbi, rabbi. And here's Jesus saying this. He says, but you do not be called rabbi or a great one, for one is your teacher, the Messiah, and you are all brethren. That's a way of saying you're all brothers, you're all sisters, you're all equal, you're all within the family. And I love that, how Jesus does that. So the picture 
Jesus gives of, you know, false religion, hypocrisy, is it lays heavy burdens on people. So in the ancient world, the picture that most people would immediately come to is a poor little donkey, where they overlay all of this stuff, all these heavy burdens. That's what hypocrites do. They load you with so many burdens, you're going, I can't even walk, I can't even move. So do not let those of false religion do that. The people were taught that it was only their good works that could please God. But the scribes and Pharisees offered no help to anyone in achieving this. And so again, there are religious leaders like that today. And I just wanna apologize for any pastor, any priest, any religious organization, any group, and there are many that are false, and all the rest of it, God have mercy and forgive us. I pray that, you know, it will not turn into a bitterness in your heart, but that you will just say, look, it was wrong. It did not reflect God. It doesn't reflect literally on Jesus Christ. It wounded me, it hurt me, but I pray that God would deliver us and that he would set us free. And you go, Lord, I forgive. I forgive them, which means I leave the responsibility to you to be God and you to be judge and you to bring justice. God doesn't let stuff go. And believe me, he will deal with all that nonsense way better than you or I. Can I hear an amen on that? So take a deep breath and go, Lord, all that nonsense I was raised with, I just take a deep breath, I remove it, I release it, I forgive them. They didn't know what they were talking about, they didn't know what they were doing, and they caused a lot of damage, but I forgive them. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. Since Pastor Ray went to heaven, so many listeners have shared comments on what his teaching means to them. You were our Billy Graham. Our spiritual walk has been so sweet since we became Christians. To know you was to learn to live the Great Commission and fulfill God's great commandments. Thank you for being such a beautiful inspiration and leading my husband to be such a godly man, which allowed me to become a faithful servant of our Lord. Well done. Messages like that continue to be such a great encouragement to all of us at Maranatha Radio and the whole Bentley family. If you'd like to send a message, just email us, ray at raybentley.com or post a comment online at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. I love this. This is Jesus' own words. This is true religion, true spirituality. This is why atheism is dying and decreasing. Spirituality is growing. But what people are looking for is Jesus. Why? Because this is his heart. This is what he said. Things like this. So let's read it out loud. Matthew 11, verse 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. It's light. It's beautiful. It's liberating. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, long-suffering, all of the fruits of the Spirit. 
So let's go to this last one here, verses 8 through 12. And I want to just close with this. Jesus' own words out of his own mouth in his last sermon, rebuking hypocrisy and revealing what it really is all about. And that is this. True greatness is found not in a position, not in a title, but in serving others, not forcing others to serve us. That's bad religion. And that's what, sadly, many false religious people do. They try to use religion to get other people to serve them, their agenda, or whatever. Jesus said no. Verse 8, but you do not be called rabbi, for one is your teacher, the Messiah, and you're all brethren. In other words, you're all equal. Do not call anyone on earth your father, for one is your father who is in heaven. And do not be called teachers, for one is your teacher, the Christ. So ultimately, you guys be Bereans. You search the Scriptures. You see if those things be true. You have no need that any man should teach you, for the Holy Spirit who is in you, he shall lead you and guide you into all truth. But he who is greatest among you. So here's all these Pharisees. Ah, we're the best, the most holy, most spiritual. There's only a few thousand of us. No. He who is greatest among you shall be your servant. And man, Jesus' life underscores that. He was the servant of all, and he's the greatest. He's the king. He's got a name far above all principality and power, and yet he is the most servant-like. And whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. I love that. Read with me Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. Let's read this. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. There are other religious traditions, false religious traditions, hypocritical religious traditions that would say it this way, let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and think you are amazingly awesome. <laughs> no, that they see you doing something good and they go, wow, if God can do that in a man's life, they, they see actually a man of God or a woman of God with the character of the Lord, they go, then it's all true, isn't it? Everything Jesus said is real, and it is true, and God is good. And Lord, you are the kind of father I want to have. Jesus, you are the kind of savior that I want to have. They glorify your father in heaven. And this last scripture, 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7, the last one, let's read it. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. I love it. So let me just say that words that I used to, you know, in a religious sense, be afraid of, repentance. Now, repentance is a beautiful word to me now. It's the, it's the greatest thing. I can't wait to just repent. Lord, I don't want any more nonsense in my life that brings more anxiety and more fear and the rest of it. Lord, I repent. I'm turning. I'm hearing you. I don't want to be exalted. Lord, I want to just be humble because I want to cast all my cares on you. I'm not the answer to all my problems. You are. Therefore, I'm casting all my cares, all my burdens, and I lay them before you. And your shoulders are big enough and broad enough not only to carry them, but to hear my cry, to answer my prayer. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and delivered him from all his fears. Amen? Amen. And what he does for us. Then people see that and they go, I want what you got. What do you have? And now by the way you have lived, you've earned the opportunity to share your testimony 
and your witness of them. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay. There's two things that I want to pray for. First of all, those of you that have a background or were raised or affected by hypocrisy, uh, let's just call it what it is. I mean, you know, obviously you're here and you're still in church, but you carry maybe wounds and scars. It can wreck us in a way, and you need some healing from that. If that's you, and, and you could use some healing in your life from that, where it was, it was bad, it was negative. You overcame it, but it's there. Okay, I want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you with all my brothers and sisters this morning, and I know that there are many here today. They got raised the wrong way. They, they got influenced in an unhealthy way. There was a lot of pride, self, hypocrisy, and Lord, it does damage. It really wounds people, and, and sadly, there's so many people, I mean, they still believe in God, and, and they need a spirituality in their lives, but they got ran over. The enemy used it to maybe keep them even from what would set them free. So, Father, we just pray for a healing. Would you breathe upon them, and the Holy Spirit come upon them and bring healing? And by the way, here's what you do with that. You say, I forgive, I forgive them. I forgive my dad, or I forgive my mom. I forgive that pastor. I forgive that priest. Or I, you, you just forgive it. That doesn't mean that they get away scot-free. No, you're giving them to God. God will deal with that and them, and he is just, and he knows exactly what to do and how to do it. But you're no longer the judge. That's what, when we hold on to that, you know, that, well, they hurt me, and I'm going to do it. It just wrecks you. It, it doesn't work. So just say, Lord, I release it, I let it go, forgive. In Jesus' name, may the healing balm of Gilead come upon your soul. Secondly, I want to ask this. How many of you have a relative, maybe a spouse, a child, who is right now far away from God because of hypocrisy, because of some bad influence, some bad reflection upon God, they're spiritually dying, they need him, but they're wounded and they need to be healed. I want to pray for them. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for all of these. Sometimes it's a spouse, sometimes it's a child, sometimes it's a mom and dad or an aunt or an uncle or a, a close friend, co-worker, could be a cousin. Oh God, have mercy. Oh Lord, for those who have it just grieves me, and I thank you that it's your last sermon because it was so important that hypocrites have done so much damage. Lord, go to those who are far away from you and yet they're dying on the inside, needing you. Lord, deliver them, set them free. The enemy uses lies like, yeah, you could never go to church again ever or it's all fake or whatever. Those lies, Lord, remove those arrows from their little tender minds and hearts. Heal them, open a door and a window, bring an angel, bring a Christian, bring something into their lives, even in the near, near future, that they'll realize, okay, what I rejected needed to be rejected, but I'm not gonna shut the door to the true and living God or the power and love of Jesus Christ and his spirit. Let a new healing a uh, new bridge be built for them. We agree together in Jesus' name. Amen. An important prayer from Pastor Ray Bentley from our studies today in the Gospel of Matthew. Glad you've joined us today here on Maranatha Radio. Now, today's study is titled Transformation.
If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at RayBentley.com. That's RayBentley.com. When you get to the homepage, you can leave a tribute to Pastor Ray's life and service to the Lord. Also, click the word media, and you'll see the words watch, radio, and Devo, three engaging ways you can enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can link to Pastor Ray's Facebook page, his podcast, his YouTube channel, and Twitter feed. And you'll also find Pastor Ray's books there at raybentley.com. His new book, The Final Witness, is an engaging prophetic fiction novel, part of the Elijah Chronicles series. It's riveting and educational at the same time. And raybentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also donate securely right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Or our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of Matthew. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.